Amen. Like I said, threefold victory over sin. Threefold victory over sin. Second Corinthians, Second Corinthians chapter five, verse twenty-one, and Romans three, verse nineteen to twenty-one. I'm going to use this two uh, verses to anchor the message for today. Praise the Lord. Amen. So I'd like you to be very um, alert and um, be ready with your pen and paper. I read from Second Corinthians chapter 5, verse 21. It says, Jesus was made sin and bore the judgment for our sins so that we might, so we might be made the righteousness of God in him. Uh, Romans 3, verse 19, verse 21. Now we know that what things soever the law says, it says to them who are under the law that every mouth may be stopped and all the world may become guilty before God. Hallelujah. Praise the Lord. Amen. Now, the scripture says, Jesus was made sin. So we are not talking about the practice of sins. We are talking about sin itself. So when he says he bore our sin, he's saying in, in a, a compound word. That sin is a, a, a single plural. That Jesus took all the sins and so he became sin. Praise the Lord. He became sin himself. Amen? And the Bible says, now we know that things so ever said, <clears throat> the Lord says, it says to them who are under the law. And so many pastors or big pastors or big names have misinterpreted this part of the scripture. And saying there are people who are under the law. And those who were not under the law, that they're trying to uh, differentiate between the Gentiles and the Jews. That was a statement of fact for those who are under the law. I try to refer to every human being on the surface of the earth, whether Gentile or the Jews. And that's why the next, the following scripture say that every mouth, how many mouth? Every mouth, the every can say, all mouth may be stopped. And that all the world, so that all the world, the whole world may become what? Guilty. Praise the Lord. The whole world become guilty under the law. Praise the Lord. Amen. So the question was actually saying that the, the requirement for the under the law is that if you are under the law, then you're guilty. And everybody is under the law. And that's why the Bible says that all have fallen short of the glory of God. We have all fallen short of the glory of God. There were no session of the people. The, the, the Gentiles are the non-Jews. The Gentiles 
are the non-Jews. Those who are not the Jews. But the people they now believe that, oh, the Jews were under the law. The Gentiles are not. Or the Gentiles are under the law. We are, the Jews were not. We are under the law. And that's why tomorrow, every human being on the surface of the earth requires the, to receive Christ to be born again. So if there were some people that were not under the law, then it means that Jesus didn't die for the world. He died for a section of the people. God forbid. Praise the Lord. Our sins past, when he bore the sin, our sins past, present, future, have been what? Atoned for. So we no longer have to bear our sins. Once a man and once a man believe in the finished work of Jesus Christ on the cross. The sacrifice. That is, he is set free to live the victorious life. Hallelujah. You are set free to live a victorious life. In other words, victorious life is your right. Victorious life is your portion. You are being set on a pedestal of victory in the name of Jesus. The only thing that the, the, the devil had, the legal right that the devil has over believer is sin. And that is what we are discussing here that this sin has been taken away and God has given us victory over sin. And that's why I want to discuss the three ways that Jesus gave us this victory. Hallelujah. Praise the Lord. Number one. Number one way God gave us victory over sin. The shedding of his blood gave us victory over sin. Number one. He gave us victory over sin through the shedding of his blood. Through the shedding of his blood. Hallelujah. The victory in his blood automatically gave us total victory over guilt and condemnation of sin. We don't have to suffer condemnation of sin anymore because in his blood we have victory over sin. To understand this, we need to know that whatever the law says, like we read, it says to those who are under the law that every mouth may be because we are all under the law and that all of the world, that the whole world may become guilty before God. Praise the Lord. Romans 3.20 says, Therefore, by the deeds of the law, no flesh will be justified in his sight. That is in God's sight. By the deeds of the law. By the dictates of the law. By the requirements of the law. No man can be justified before God. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Because by the law is the knowledge of sin. In other words, Law is the producer, is the mother of, is the producer that produces sin. Law promulgates sin. Amen. 
there is, where there is no law, there is no sin. So before the law came, there were sin, there were sins that were not imputed, were not mentioned. When people were living before the law of Moses came, there were people making mistakes, but it was not pronounced. And it was not regarded as sin. Praise the Lord. Now, if Lagos State has not uh, promulgated a law that you cannot uh, um, um, drive against traffic on the same lane, praise the Lord. You cannot drive against the traffic on the same lane. It's a law. It means you are you are, you are breaching the law. But if there was no law, if there was no such law, if I do it, nobody will come and tell me I have committed any offense. Praise the Lord. So it is law that brings sin into reckoning. Praise the Lord. And this law is what the shedding of the blood abrogated. It is law that backs sin. So our victory over sin is from the roots of sin. The root of sin is the law. And the law requires certain things to be fulfilled. That if you commit law, I mean if you commit sin, you die. Said the wages of sin is death. But Jesus now took the sin and died for it. And so the law has been fulfilled and made powerless. So sin has been overcome for us. We have the victory over sin. Hallelujah. Praise the Lord. So it is in vain to seek for justification by the works of the law. You cannot be justified by the works of the law. All of us must plead guilty before God. Because no man can be justified by a law which condemns him for breaking it. Hallelujah. So the corruption in our nature will forever stop any justification by our own works. We cannot do it by our own works because our body, our nature itself is tended towards sin. We have what I call synthesis in us. What science calls it photosynthesis. When the plant grows towards the light, the nature of man always grows towards sin. It is sweet to commit sin. So we have this nature to, to, to commit sin. It is in our nature. And so what Jesus did is to root out that nature. Not necessarily the mistakes we make that will cause sin. No. It's not the practice of sin. It is the nature of sin that Jesus dealt with and so gave us the victory over sin. So as long as that, I mean, that nature is no longer in you because you receive Christ, then you, you are you have victory over sin yesterday, today, and tomorrow. So you are no longer a sinner. And you cannot be a sinner because the nature is no longer in you. That you make mistakes does not make you a sinner. 
You can fall and then get up. And that's why the Bible, the righteous shall fall seven times. And seven times, God will lift them up. Praise the Lord. Amen. So, the glory, glory be to God in verse 21. And it says, it announces the manifestation of the glory of God. Praise the Lord. In verse 21, in Romans 3, announces the manifestation, the manifestation of the glory of God. He said, but now the righteousness of God without the law is manifested. The righteousness of God without the law is what? Manifested. Being witnessed by the law and the prophets. Be witnessed by the law and the prophets. No, no, I said I was not going to bother doing some, ex uh, uh, some um, exposition. Now, what the Bible is saying there, be witnessed by the law and the prophets. That is, if you go to Matthew chapter 17, when Jesus went for the mountain of transfiguration, transfiguration, the Bible says that on that mountain of transfiguration, there was prophets. That is represented by Elijah. And that was the law represented by Moses. And Jesus was standing in the middle. Praise the Lord. And the announcement came from heaven. And the Bible said, the, the, the voice of heaven came from heaven. The voice of God, rather, came from heaven and said, This is my beloved son, in whom I'm well pleased. Hear him. Now, in the Bible, the voice says, Hear him. In other words, no, no, not the law and not the prophets. That henceforth you hear my son, who is the word made flesh. So when somebody gives you a prophecy and has no, it's not consistent with the scripture, you don't recognize it, no matter who the person is. Praise the Lord. Praise the Lord. And the law has been dealt with by this by the finished work of Jesus on the cross. You are no longer under the law, and sin. No, no longer have dominion over you. You are the one in charge now. You are the reigning queen and reigning king now. The law has been done away with. And you are standing victorious. As somebody say amen. amen. Because verse um, James 2 verse 10 says, for whoever shall keep the law, the whole man, whoever shall keep the whole law and yet stumble in one point, he is guilty of all. So one of the reasons why no man can be justified by the law is that the law requires 100%. Praise the law. 100% obedience. Just as the, the sacrifice of Jesus has given to us perfection. And no man can do that, can maintain or can attain that perfection. If you fulfill all the laws and you just make a little one, even in your own mind, think evil or think something negative or do something that you have missed all. There is no 99% over, over 100, praise the Lord. It has to be 100%. And that's why we can't meet up. That's why we appreciate Jesus for qualifying us. 
Hallelujah. Praise the Lord. Romans 5, verse 13. For until the law, sin was in the world. But sin was not imputed when there is no law. Amen? So in essence, the first, the first victory Jesus gave us is the victory over guilt and condemnation through the shedding of his blood. You don't have to suffer grief. You don't have to suffer self-condemnation because Jesus has given us what? A total victory. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Hebrew 9.22, it says, according to the law, almost all things, how many things? All things are purified with blood. And without the shedding of blood, there is no remission of sin. Praise the Lord. Some people will say, okay, I want to, we want to help us, the most, 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 must you share, must you die? People will say, why must Jesus die? It's God. Why could he do it without dying? Because it's in the blood. And so sin, that thing cannot be washed away, cannot be washed away, cannot be rooted out without the shedding of the innocent blood. Pray the Lord. So the remission of sin means sending it away. So that is why the blood has to be shed. And because the blood was shed, we have victory over sin. Praise the Lord. Amen. First John chapter 1 verse 7. First John chapter 1 verse 7. I told you I will be using scripture to explain myself. Therefore, that, to conclude that one, it says, First John chapter 1 verse 7. Says, but if we walk in the light as he is in the light, we have fellowship with one another. And the blood of Jesus Christ, his son, cleanses us from all sin. The blood of Jesus Christ what, does what? Cleanses us from all sin. We are cleansed from sin. We are washed clean. We have nothing incriminating on us as believers. We are righteous. We are sanctified. We are holy. We are upright. We are standing straight before God. And the devil cannot incriminate us. The devil cannot accuse us because everything he could accuse has been perfected. We are perfected in the name of Jesus. Hallelujah. Number two. His death gave us total victory over the law and future sins. If we only have victory over guilt and condemnation, without the power to sin no more. We will still sin and get back to square one. Praise the Lord. But Christ is not just the beginner. He is also the finisher. Perfecting us in righteousness. Leading us to the next victory. The victory over sin. Praise the Lord. In other words, to be free from the law is to be free from sin. And he has set us free from the law. The only way a man can be saved from the law and sin is to kill him in fulfillment of the law. Praise the Lord. But you don't have to kill him. That is the principle requires a killing of a man for the law because the wages of sin is death. That is the principle. 
But the practice is to kill. Praise the Lord. But the practice changed. The principle requires dying for your sin. But the practice changed by moving from us to Jesus. Praise the Lord. Amen. It happened in the Garden of Eden when Cain and uh, uh, when Adam sinned, rather. Praise the Lord. And God came and then Adam and Eve, they have eaten, you know, touched the fruit they were not supposed to, and then they became aware of themselves. God had never created man to look upon himself, but to look up to him. Praise the Lord. And that was why he said, don't, 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 don't touch it of self-knowledge. And when they did it, they, they committed sin. And then they now went and tried to cover them up, wrap themselves up, get uh, some trees and uh, live, cover themselves up. They could not do it. You can never cover yourself. You can never, never cover yourself. You cannot take care of yourself. You cannot secure of yourself in the face of sin. But God in his mercy, praise the Lord, in his mercy, instead of applying the capital punishment of killing them, according to the demand of the law, he changed the practice. And what did he do? He killed an animal instead. Since freedom from the law means perfection. You are free from the law and so you are perfect. That is why the devil cannot accuse you today. Somebody say I'm perfect. His death made us what? Perfect. Hebrew 10 14. For by one offering, that is, his death, he has perfected forever. For how long? Forever. Those who are being sanctified, since they are dead, they are made perfect and therefore pure. Always pure. You are pure. You are always pure. No matter the mistake you make, you are always pure. In the name of Jesus. Hallelujah. What a good news. In Titus chapter 1 verse 15, he said, to, to the pure, and you, 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 to the pure, all things are what? Pure. If you are pure, everything concerning you is made pure. Whatever you do is pure. Your surrounding is pure. Your business is pure. Your family is pure. Your going out and coming is pure. And pure means perfect. Perfect means sanctified. Sanctified means protected. You go out and come in safe. No evil can touch you. You are untouchable. You are indestructible. You are unstoppable. You will succeed. You will get to your destination. You will hit the goal. Your name shall be glorified. Your name shall be praised. The name of the Lord shall be praised for your sake. Things will turn for your sake. Things that most will speak for your sake. Sickness will see you and run away. Poverty will see you and run away. Only the perfect things that will locate you. And somebody shall say, I hear you, Pastor. John chapter 3 verse 9. He said, in the body of his flesh, through death. I'm telling of God, we are talking about the death, the victory that the death has given to us. To present you holy, to present you holy rather, 
and the body of his flesh through death to present you holy, unblameable, and unreprovable in his sight. You cannot be molested. You cannot be blamed anymore. You are blameless. So what do we say then? That God has imputed his righteousness in you without your work. And this perfection is not with your work. This perfection is as a result of God's mercy and grace. Because no man can attain this level of perfection on his own. But Jesus, by his death, has qualified us. I don't know somebody here where you have there is something you are trying to do, or there is something in your office, or there is a position, or whatever you want to go, and you look at yourself, you are trying to estimate your self value in, in, in commensuration to that thing you want to do. I want to tell you that you have been qualified. There is no blessing under the sun that you have not qualified for. It is now your mind and faith to attain that level. You are qualified. You are qualified. You are qualified to be the president of the Federal Republic of Nigeria. You are qualified for that house. You are qualified for that pleasure car. You are qualified for that private jet. You are qualified for that certificate. You are qualified for everything, anything you ever need. You are qualified. So approach life with that understanding and self-satisfaction of, quali of qualification. When it comes to qualification, you have been qualified from the highest level. It's not the qualification of men. But God has qualified you. And if God has qualified you, who can disqualify you? If God says yes, who can say no? God has said yes for you. In that your desire, God says yes. In that expectation, God says yes. And it is yes. For me, it is yes. And for the devil, I say no to the devil. I say yes to our God. Our God is able. In Jesus' name. Let me run it up quickly. Number three, the third one. His resurrection also gave us victory. Now remember, his blood gave us victory. His death gave us victory. And then his resurrection. First John chapter 5, verse 11. And this is the testimony that God has given us eternal life. And this eternal life is in his son. So regardless of what you know or might have been taught, eternal life never dies and never perishes. Once you have eternal life, it is eternal. God has given to you eternal life. And this eternal life is unimpeachable. It does not have time of limitation or time, time of extinction. It is forever. 
Praise the Lord. And this eternal life is eternal. Nothing can stop it. Nothing can obstruct it. Not you. Not what you do. Because it was not in the first place bequeathed to you by what you did. It is by what Jesus did. He rose gloriously. And that gives you eternal life. Your life is not ending here on earth. Those who do not have Christ will end here on earth. Their body will just, you know, but for the believers, for life is eternal. Somebody shine glory. glory. It's eternal. Unstoppable. Nothing can stop it. It cannot, it cannot be contaminated. Praise the Lord. The eternal life of God is in you, working in you and working for you, keeping you safe and glorious. Hallelujah. He resurrected that you and I might have eternal life. He resurrected so that you and I will have what? Eternal life. And if he did resurrected, we have eternal life. And nobody can kill eternal life. Eternal life cannot be taken from you. Eternal life cannot perish. Eternal life has no ending. Somebody say, my tomorrow is better than today. In John chapter 10, verse 28 to 30, it said, and I give unto them eternal life. It's referring to you. Eh? And they shall never perish. You, they shall never perish. Thing is giving us a brighter tomorrow. The, the Bible is saying that look, we have a better tomorrow. We have been given eternal life that cannot suffer perish. To perish is to is is, is to is to disappear from a, from from existence. But you have eternal life. And God has given us eternal life. And this eternal life is what? In his son. Say, I give unto you eternal life and they shall never perish. Neither shall any man neither shall what? Any man pluck them out of my hand. Hey! God is upholding you with his righteous right hand and no power can take you out of him so don't be afraid of anything don't be afraid of witches and wizards in your compound don't be afraid of mommy water uh, spirit don't be afraid of, of, of occultic powers because you are not just you you are engraved and planted inside Jesus and says that you are in his hand. For something to harm you, they have to harm Jesus. And there is no living being. There is no power on earth and in heaven that can harm Jesus anymore. He has said that he is the Lord of love, the sovereign God. And therefore you are planted in his palm. No man born of woman can take you out of his hand. You are engraved in his hand. Your safety is assured. 
Your tomorrow is assured. Your night is assured. Your day is assured. In the name of Jesus. No harm shall come near us. In this assembly, we are engraved in God's hand. The covenant of peace and protection surround us. In the day, in the night. In the spiritual, in the physical. In our going out, in our coming in. Even on the air, on the land. His glory, his peace, his protection surrounds us. So what the scripture is actually saying is that God is our shield and our buckler. Hallelujah. And said, my father, Jesus is talking, say, my father, which gave me, which gave them me, praise the Lord. You are one of the them. My father, which gave them me, is greater than all. How many? He said, this power that he is using is greater than any power you can ever think of. Put the whole power on earth together among men is just even a testimony. He said, My father that gave you, Jesus said, His father that gave us to him is more powerful than any power you can ever think of. Therefore, why should you be afraid? He said, It's greater than them. And that's why it's great. He said, Greater than is in me. That he that is in the world. Amen. He said, No man is able to pluck them out of my father's hand. No man is able to pluck you out of God's hand. Say to yourself, Say, I am planted in God's hand. God Himself. Is upholding me with his righteous right hand. Therefore, I fear no evil. I am blessed, perfected, secured for tomorrow. Stand to your feet.